0: Download the Viator app now and use code VIATOR10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chapter 39 The Miss Dashwoods had now been rather more than two months in town, and Marianne's impatience to be gone increased every day. She sighed for the air, the liberty, the quiet of the country, and fancied that if any place could give her ease... "'Barton must do it.' "'Eleanor was hardly less anxious than herself for their removal, "'and only so much less bent on it being effected immediately, "'as that she was conscious of the difficulties of so long a journey, "'which Marianne could not be brought to acknowledge. "'She began, however, seriously to turn her thoughts towards its accomplishment, "'and had already mentioned their wishes to their kind hostess, "'who resisted them with all the eloquence of her goodwill,' when a plan was suggested, which, though detaining them from home yet a few weeks longer, appeared to Eleanor altogether much more eligible than any other. The Palmers were to remove to Cleveland about the end of March for the Easter holidays, and Mrs. Jennings, with both her friends, received a very warm invitation from Charlotte to go with them. This would not, in itself, have been sufficient for the delicacy of Miss Dashwood, but it was enforced with so much real politeness by Mr. Palmer himself as, joined to the very great amendment of his manners towards them since her sister had been known to be unhappy, induced her to accept it with pleasure. When she told Marianne what she had done, however, her first reply was not very auspicious. "'Cleveland!' she cried with great agitation. "'No, I cannot go to Cleveland!' "'You forget,' said Eleanor gently, "'that its situation is not... "'that it is not in the neighborhood of... "'But it is in Somersetshire. "'I cannot go into Somersetshire. "'There, where I looked forward to going. "'No, Eleanor, you cannot expect me to go there.' "'Eleanor would not argue upon the propriety "'of overcoming such feelings. "'She only endeavored to counteract them "'by working on others.' represented it, therefore, as a measure which would fix the time of her returning to that dear mother whom she so much wished to see in a more eligible, more comfortable manner than any other plan could do, and perhaps without any greater delay. From Cleveland, which was within a few miles of Bristol, the distance to Barton was not beyond one day, though a long day's journey, and their mother's servant might easily come there to attend them down, and, as there could be no occasion of their staying above a week at Cleveland, they might now be at home in little more than three weeks' time. As Marianne's affection for her mother was sincere, it must triumph with little difficulty over the imaginary evils she had started. Mrs. Jennings was so far from being weary of her guest that she pressed them very earnestly to return with her again from Cleveland Eleanor was grateful for the attention, but it could not alter her design. And their mother's concurrence being readily gained, everything relative to their return, was arranged as far as it could be. And Marianne found some relief in drawing up a statement of the hours that were yet to divide her from Barton. Ah, Colonel, I do not know what you and I shall do without the Miss Dashwoods, was Mrs. Jennings address to him when he first called on her, after their leaving her was settled. For they are quite resolved upon going home from the Palmers, and how forlorn we shall be when I come back! Lord, we shall sit and gape at one another as dull as two cats! Perhaps Mrs. Jennings was in hopes, by this vigorous sketch of their future ennui, to provoke him to make that offer, which might give himself an escape from it and, if so, she had soon afterwards good reason to think her object gained. For, on Eleanor's moving to the window, to take more expeditiously the dimensions of a print which she was going to copy for her friend, he followed her to it with a look of particular meaning, and conversed with her there for several minutes. The effect of his discourse on the lady, too, could not escape her observation. For though she was too honourable to listen and had even changed her seat on purpose that she might not hear to one close by the pianoforte on which Marianne was playing. She could not keep herself from seeing that Eleanor changed color, attended with agitation, and was too intent on what he said to pursue her employment. Still farther in confirmation of her hopes, in the interval of Marianne's turning from one lesson to another, some words of the colonel's inevitably reached her ear. "'in which he seemed to be apologizing for the badness of his house. "'This set the matter beyond a doubt. "'She wondered, indeed, at his thinking it necessary to do so, "'but supposed it to be the proper etiquette. "'What Eleanor said in reply she could not distinguish, "'but judged from the motion of her lips "'that she did not think that any material objection. "'And Mrs. Jennings commended her in her heart for being so honest.' They then talked on for a few minutes longer, without her catching a syllable, when another lucky stop in Marianne's performance brought her these words in the colonel's calm voice. "'I am afraid it cannot take place very soon.' Astonished and shocked at so unlover-like a speech, she was almost ready to cry out, "'Lord, what should hinder it?' But checking her desire confined herself to this silent ejaculation." This is very strange. Sure, he need not wait to be older. This delay on the colonel's side, however, did not seem to offend or mortify his fair companion in the least, for on their breaking up the conference soon afterwards and moving different ways, Mrs. Jennings very plainly heard Eleanor say, and with a voice which showed her to feel what she said, I shall always think myself very much obliged to you, Mrs. Jennings was delighted with her gratitude, and only wondered that after hearing such a sentence the Colonel should be able to take leave of them, as he immediately did, and go away without making her any reply. She had not thought her old friend could have made so indifferent a suitor. What had really passed between them was to this effect I have heard, said he, with great compassion, "'of the injustice your friend Mr. Farrow's has suffered from his family. "'For if I understand the matter right, he has been entirely cast off by them. "'Have I been rightly informed? Is it so?' "'Eleanor told him that it was. "'The cruelty, the impolitic cruelty,' he said, with great feeling, "'of dividing, or attempting to divide, two young people long attached to each other, is terrible.' Mrs. Farrow's does not know what she may be doing, what she may drive her son to. I have seen Mr. Farrow's two or three times in Harley Street, and am much pleased with him. He is not a young man with whom one can be intimately acquainted in a short time, but I have seen enough of him to wish him well for his own sake, and as a friend of yours I wish it still more. I understand that he attends to take orders. Will you be so good as to tell him that the living of Delaford now just vacant, as I am informed by this day's post, is his, if he think it worth his acceptance. But that, perhaps, so unfortunately circumstanced as he is now, it may be nonsense to appear to doubt. I only wish it were more valuable. It is a rectory, but a small one. The late incumbent, I believe, did not make more than two hundred per annum. And though it is certainly capable of improvement... I fear not to such an amount as to afford him a very comfortable income. Such as it is, however, my pleasure in presenting him to it will be very great. Pray assure him of it. Eleanor's astonishment at this commission could hardly have been greater had the colonel been really making her an offer of his hand. The preferment, which only two days before she had considered as hopeless for Edward, was already provided... "'to enable him to marry. "'And she, of all people in the world, "'was fixed on to bestow it. "'Her emotion was such as Mrs. Jennings "'had attributed to a very different cause. "'But whatever minor feelings, "'less pure, less pleasing, "'might have a share in that emotion, "'her esteem for the general benevolence, "'and her gratitude for the particular friendship, "'which together prompted Colonel Brandon to this act, "'were strongly felt,' and warmly expressed. She thanked him for it with all her heart, spoke of Edward's principles and disposition with that praise which she knew them to deserve, and promised to undertake the commission with pleasure, if it were really his wish, to put off so agreeable an office to another. But at the same time she could not help thinking that no one could so well perform it as himself, It was an office, in short, from which, unwilling to give Edward the pain of receiving an obligation from her, she would have been very glad to be spared herself. But Colonel Brandon, on motives of equal delicacy, declining it likewise, still seemed so desirous of its being given through her means that she would not on any account make farther opposition. Edward, she believed, was still in town, and fortunately she had heard his address from Miss Steele. She could undertake, therefore, to inform him of it in the course of the day. After this had been settled, Colonel Brandon began to talk of his own advantage in securing so respectable and agreeable a neighbor. And then it was that he mentioned with regret that the house was small and indifferent, an evil which Eleanor, as Mrs. Jennings had supposed her to do, made very light of, "'at least as far as regarded its size. "'The smallness of the house,' said she, "'I cannot imagine any inconvenience to them, "'for it will be in proportion to their family and income.' "'By which the Colonel was surprised to find "'that she was considering Mr. Farrow's marriage "'as the certain consequence of the presentation, "'for he did not suppose it possible "'that Delaford living could supply such an income,' "'as anybody in his style of life would venture to settle on, and he said so. "'This little rectory can do no more than make Mr. Farrow's comfortable as a bachelor. "'It cannot enable him to marry. "'I am sorry to say that my patronage ends with this, "'and my interest is hardly more extensive. "'If, however, by an unforeseen chance, "'it should be in my power to serve him farther,' I must think very differently of him from what I now do, if I am not as ready to be useful to him than as I sincerely wish I could be at present. What I am now doing, indeed, seems nothing at all, since it can advance him so little towards what must be his principle, his only object of happiness. His marriage must still be a distant good, at least I am afraid it cannot take place very soon.' Such was the sentence which, when misunderstood, so justly offended the delicate feelings of Mrs. Jennings. But after this narration of what really passed between Colonel Brandon and Eleanor while they stood at the window, the gratitude expressed by the latter on their parting may perhaps appear in general not less reasonably excited nor less properly worded than if it had arisen from an offer of marriage. CHAPTER 40 "'Well, Miss Dashwood,' said Mrs. Jennings, smiling, as soon as the gentleman had withdrawn, "'I do not ask you what the Colonel has been saying to you, "'for though, upon my honour, I tried to keep out of hearing, "'I could not help catching enough to understand his business, "'and I assure you I never was better pleased in my life, "'and I wish you joy of it with all my heart.' "'Thank you, ma'am,' said Eleanor. "'It is a matter of great joy to me,' "'and I feel the goodness of Colonel Brandon most sensibly. "'There are not many men who would act as he has done. "'I never was more astonished in my life. "'Lord, my dear, you are very modest. "'I'm not the least astonished at it in the world, "'for I have often thought of late "'that there is nothing more likely to happen. "'You judge from your knowledge "'of the Colonel's general benevolence, "'but at least you could not foresee "'that the opportunity would so very soon occur.' "'Opportunity!' repeated Mrs. Jennings. "'Oh, as to that, "'when a man has once made up his mind to such a thing, "'somehow or other he will soon find an opportunity. "'Well, my dear, I wish you joy of it again and again, "'and if ever there was a happy couple in the world, "'I think I shall soon know where to look for them.' "'You mean to go to Delaford after them, I suppose?' "'said Eleanor with a faint smile. "'Ah, my dear, that I do indeed!' and as to the house being a bad one, I do not know what the colonel would be at, for it is as good a one as ever I saw. He spoke of it being out of repair. Well, and whose fault is that? Why doesn't he repair it? Who should do it but himself? They were interrupted by the servants coming in to announce the carriage being at the door, and Mrs. Jennings, immediately preparing to go, said, "'Well, my dear, I must be gone before I have had half my talk out. "'But, however, we may have it all over in the evening, "'for we shall be quite alone. "'I do not ask you to go with me, "'for I dare say your mind is too full of the matter to care for company. "'And besides, you must long to tell your sister all about it.' Marianne had left the room before the conversation began. "'Certainly, ma'am, I shall tell Marianne of it, "'but I shall not mention it at present to anybody else.' "'Oh, very well,' said Mrs. Jennings, rather disappointed. "'Then you would not have me to tell it to Lucy, "'for I think of going as far as Holborn to "'No, ma'am, not even Lucy, if you please. "'One day's delay will not be very material. "'Until I have written to Mr. Farrow's, "'I think it ought not to be mentioned to anybody else. "'I shall do that directly.' "'it is of importance that no time should be lost with him, "'for he will, of course, have much to do relative to his ordination.' "'This speech at first puzzled Mrs. Jennings exceedingly. "'Why Mr. Farrow's was to have been written to about in such a hurry, "'she could not immediately comprehend. "'A few minutes' reflection, however, produced a very happy idea, "'and she exclaimed, "'Oh, I understand you,' Mr. Farrow's is to be the man. Well, so much the better for him. Aye, to be sure, he must be ordained in readiness, and I am very glad to find things are so forward between you. But, my dear, is not this rather out of character? Should not the colonel write himself? Sure, he is the proper person. Eleanor did not quite understand the beginning of Mrs. Jennings' speech. Neither did she think it worth inquiring into, "'and therefore only replied to its conclusion. "'Colonel Brandon is so delicate a man "'that he rather wished anyone to announce his intentions "'to Mr. Farrow's than himself. "'And so you are forced to do it. "'Well, that is an odd kind of delicacy. "'However, I will not disturb you, "'seeing her preparing to write. "'You know your concerns best. "'So good-bye, my dear. "'I have not heard of anything to please me so well "'since Charlotte was brought to bed.' "'And away she went. "'But returning again in a moment, "'I have just been thinking of Betty's sister, my dear. "'I should be very glad to get her so good a mistress. "'But whether she would do for a lady's maid, "'I am sure I can't tell. "'She is an excellent housemaid "'and works very well at her needle. "'However, you will think of all that at your leisure.' "'Certainly, ma'am,' replied Eleanor, "'not hearing much of what she said, "'and more anxious to be alone,' than to be mistress of the subject. How she should begin, how she should express herself in her note to Edward, was now all her concern. The particular circumstances between them made a difficulty of that, which to any other person would have been the easiest thing in the world. But she equally feared to say too much or too little, and sat deliberating over her paper with the pen in her hand, till broken in on by the entrance of Edward himself. He had met Mrs. Jennings at the door in her way to the carriage, and as he came to leave her his farewell card, and she, after apologizing for not returning herself, had obliged him to enter, by saying that Miss Dashwood was above, and wanted to speak with him on very particular business. Eleanor had just been congratulating herself, in the midst of her perplexity, that however difficult it might be to express herself properly by letter, it was at least preferable to giving the information by word of mouth when her visitor entered to force her upon this greatest exertion of all. Her astonishment and confusion were very great on his so sudden appearance. She had not seen him before since his engagement became public, and therefore not since his knowing her to be acquainted with it, which, with the consciousness of what she had been thinking of, "'and what she had to tell him "'made her feel particularly uncomfortable for some minutes. "'He, too, was much distressed, "'and they sat down together "'in a most promising state of embarrassment. "'Whether he had asked her pardon for his intrusion "'on first coming into the room, he could not recollect. "'But determining to be on the safe side, "'he made his apology in form "'as soon as he could say anything after taking a chair.' "'Mrs. Jennings told me,' said he, "'that you wished to speak with me. "'At least I understood her so, "'or I certainly should not have intruded on you in such a manner. "'Though at the same time, "'I should have been extremely sorry to leave London "'without seeing you and your sister, "'especially as it will most likely be some time. "'It is not probable that I should soon have the pleasure "'of meeting you again. "'I go to Oxford to-morrow.' "'You would not have gone, however,' said Eleanor, "'recovering herself, and determined to get over what she so much dreaded "'as soon as possible, without receiving our good wishes, "'even if we had not been able to give them in person. "'Mrs. Jennings was quite right in what she said. "'I have something of consequence to inform you of, "'which I was on the point of communicating by paper. "'I am charged with a most agreeable office, "'breathing rather faster than usual as she spoke,' Colonel Brandon, who was here only ten minutes ago, has desired me to say that understanding you mean to take orders, he has great pleasure in offering you the living of Delaford, now just vacant, and only wishes it were more valuable. Allow me to congratulate you on having so respectable and well-judging a friend, and to join in his wish that the living, it is about two hundred a year, were much more considerable, and such as might better enable you to as might be more than a temporary accommodation to yourself, such, in short, as might establish all your views of happiness. What Edward felt, as he could not say it himself, it cannot be expected that anyone else should say for him. He looked all the astonishment which such unexpected, such unthought of information, could not fail of exciting. But he said only these two words— "'Colonel Brandon!' "'Yes,' continued Eleanor, "'gathering more resolution, "'as some of the worst was over. "'Colonel Brandon means it as a testimony "'of his concern for what has lately passed, "'for the cruel situation "'in which the unjustifiable conduct of your family "'has placed you, "'a concern which I am sure Marianne, myself, "'and all your friends must share, "'and likewise as a proof of his high esteem "'for your general character,' and his particular approbation of your behavior on the present occasion. "'Colonel Brandon, give me a living. Can it be possible?' "'The unkindness of your own relations "'has made you astonished to find friendship anywhere.' "'No,' replied he with sudden consciousness, "'not to find it in you, "'for I cannot be ignorant that to you, to your goodness,' "'I owe it all. "'I feel it. "'I would express it if I could. "'But, as you well know, "'I am no orator. "'You are very much mistaken. "'I do assure you that you owe it entirely, "'at least almost entirely, "'to your own merit, "'and Colonel Brandon's discernment of it. "'I have had no hand in it. "'I did not even know, "'till I understood his design, "'that the living was vacant.' nor had it ever occurred to me that he might have had such a living in his gift. As a friend of mine, of my family, he may perhaps, indeed I know he has, still greater pleasure in bestowing it. But upon my word, you owe nothing to my solicitation. Truth obliged her to acknowledge some small share in the action, but she was at the same time so unwilling to appear as the benefactress of Edward that she acknowledged it with hesitation, "'which probably contributed to fix that suspicion in his mind "'which had recently entered it. "'For a short time he sat deep in thought, "'after Eleanor had ceased to speak. "'At last, and as if it were rather an effort,' he said, "'Colonel Brandon seems a man of great worth and respectability. "'I have always heard him spoken of as such, "'and your brother, I know, esteems him highly. "'He is undoubtedly a sensible man,' and in his manners perfectly the gentleman. "'Indeed,' replied Eleanor, "'I believe that you will find him on farther acquaintance, "'all that you have heard him to be. "'And as you will be such very near neighbors, "'for I understand the parsonage is almost close to the mansion-house, "'it is particularly important that he should be all this.' "'Edward made no answer, "'but when she had turned away her head, "'gave her a look so serious.' "'so earnest, so uncheerful, as seemed to say, "'that he might hereafter wish the distance between the parsonage "'and the mansion-house much greater. "'Colonel Brandon, I think, lodges in St. James's Street,' "'said he soon afterwards, rising from his chair. "'Eleanor told him the number of the house. "'I must hurry away, then, to give him those thanks "'which you will not allow me to give you,' to assure him that he has made me a very an exceedingly happy man. Eleanor did not offer to detain him, and they parted with a very earnest assurance on her side of her unceasing good wishes for his happiness in every change of situation that might befall him, on his, with rather an attempt to return the same goodwill than the power of expressing it. When I see him again... "'said Eleanor to herself, as the door shut him out. "'I shall see him the husband of Lucy.' "'And with this pleasing anticipation, "'she sat down to reconsider the past, "'recall the words, and endeavour to comprehend "'all the feelings of Edward, "'and, of course, to reflect on her own with discontent. "'When Mrs. Jennings came home, "'though she returned from seeing people "'whom she had never seen before,' and of whom, therefore, she must have a great deal to say. Her mind was so much more occupied by the important secret in her possession than by anything else, that she reverted to it again as soon as Eleanor appeared. "'Well, my dear,' she cried, "'I sent you up, the young man. "'Did not I do right? "'And I suppose you had no great difficulty. "'You did not find him very unwilling to accept your proposal?' "'No, ma'am, that was not very likely.' "'Well, and how soon will he be ready, "'for it seems all to depend upon that?' "'Really,' said Eleanor, "'I know so little of these kind of forms "'that I can hardly even conjecture as to the time "'or the preparation necessary. "'But I suppose two or three months "'will complete his ordination.' Two or three months?' cried Mrs. Jennings. "'Lord, my dear, how calmly you talk of it! "'And can the Colonel wait two or three months? "'Lord, bless me!' I am sure it would put me quite out of patience. And though one would be very glad to do a kindness by poor Mr. Farrow's, I do think it is not worth while to wait two or three months for him. Sure, somebody else might be found that would do as well, somebody that is in orders already. My dear ma'am, said Eleanor, what can you be thinking of? Why, Colonel Brandon's only object is to be of use to Mr. Farrow's. "'Lord bless you, my dear! "'Sure you do not mean to persuade me "'that the Colonel only marries you "'for the sake of giving ten guineas to Mr. Farrow's.' "'The deception could not continue after this, "'and an explanation immediately took place "'by which both gained considerable amusement for the moment, "'without any material loss of happiness to either, "'for Mrs. Jennings only exchanged one form of delight for another.' "'and still without forfeiting her expectation of the first. "'I, I the parsonage, is but a small one,' said she, "'after the first abulation of surprise and satisfaction was over, "'and very likely may be out of repair. "'But to hear a man apologizing, as I thought, "'for a house that, to my knowledge, "'has five sitting-rooms on the ground floor, "'and I think the housekeeper told me could make up fifteen beds, "'and to you, too, that have been used to live in Barton Cottage,' "'It seems quite ridiculous. "'But, my dear, we must touch up the colonel "'to do something to the parsonage "'and make it comfortable for them "'before Lucy goes to it. "'But Colonel Brandon does not seem to have any idea "'of the livings being enough to allow them to marry. "'The colonel is a ninny, my dear, "'because he has two thousand a year himself. "'He thinks that nobody else can marry on less. "'Take my word for it, that if I am alive... "'I shall be paying a visit at Delaford Parsonage before Michaelmas, "'and I am sure I shan't go if Lucy ain't there.' "'Eleanor was quite of her opinion "'as to the probability of their not waiting for anything more. "'More to-dos, less time, "'and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. "'Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, "'but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.' You can just use HubSpot, because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Phoebe Reads a Mystery is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC.